Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. We are so deeply blessed by the musical talent in this congregation. Yes. I hope they experience as much joy in sharing their gifts as we do in receiving them. Um, Which brings us to today. We're going to be talking about joy. Um, And we're still in the letters. We're talking about the message that we receive, typically in Christmas cards, um, and the message that we receive in the letters um, as we are making our way through the Bible over the course of a year. And we have come to the the letter to the Hebrews. So with that in mind, we're going to um, reflect on joy and reflect on the joy of this season using this letter. So hear now these words. But remember the earlier days after you saw the light, you stood your ground while you were suffering from an enormous amount of pressure. Sometimes you were exposed to insults and abuse in public. Other times you became partners with those who were treated that way. You even showed sympathy toward people in prison and accepted the confiscation of your possessions with joy, since you knew that you had better and lasting possessions. So don't throw away your confidence. It brings a great reward. You need to endure so that you can receive the promises after you do God's will. In a little while longer, the one who is coming will come and won't delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And my whole being won't be pleased with anyone who shrinks back. But we aren't the sort of people who timidly draw back and end up being destroyed. We're the sort of people who have faith so that our whole beings are preserved. Faith is the reality of what we hope for and proof of what we don't see. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So as we're reflecting on the message of Advent and we're reflecting particularly on the message of joy, I did think about one of the most joyful things about this season tends to be that we get to give gifts. And we get to receive gifts too, right? So I have a question for you as we're reflecting on this moment in this, in this time of our year. Um, what's a meaningful gift you have received? For those of you that are joining us online, I'd love it if you'd throw it in the comments, you know, if there's a meaningful gift that, that comes to your mind. And I'd encourage all of you as you get up to leave today to share those stories with one another. But I'm going to share the story of one of my most meaningful gifts that I received in this season. So when I was a little kid, about 10 years old, all I really wanted around this time of year was a little stuffed animal of a baby harp seal. That's all I wanted. Um, and it, it, it seemed extravagant at the time because it, that baby harp seal cost $10 and my allowance was $2 a week. So that was gonna be a five week savings. And that's if I didn't buy any candy or any Pepsi, or anything like that. It was going to take me five weeks, so instead I decided, well, I'll ask for it for Christmas, right? I'll ask for it for Christmas, 
And I told my mom and dad about it, and it was about, you know, October, and heading into November, they started to do Christmas shopping. Well, for whatever reason, that toy disappeared from the shelves. Could not find it in the tiny little town of Perkins where we lived, even though we had to look a little Hallmark store there. There's no baby harp seal. Couldn't find it at any of the stores in Stillwater, the next biggest town to our little town. No, no baby harp seal at Walmart or TGNY or AIM or any of the, the stores there. My dad had to go to Oklahoma City and search high and low in all the stores in Oklahoma City before he finally was able to find this little baby heart seal, right? So I was so excited when I opened it up on, on Christmas morning and I saw it and I had my wish answered and then my parents also told me the story of how much trouble it was to find this baby harp seal. And that has become one of my most beloved Christmas gifts and at the time it was beloved because it was exactly what I wanted. But now it is beloved because I know the sacrifice my parents went to to get it for me. So that, that has me reflecting on what makes a gift meaningful. What is joyful about a gift? It's not really the possession. It's not really the material thing. When it comes down to it, it is not our possessions that matter. Now the possessions may represent something. They may represent that someone gave us something that we really wanted. And in the case of the Hebrews, they represent the possessions become not the point, but what they can do with the possessions. The possessions may be taken away from them, but they possess the faith that will sustain them. In the meantime, they can be present with those who are in jail. They can be present with those who have experienced loss. They know what it's like, and it's not the possession that allows us to do that, but instead it is the connection that sometimes happens through the possession. But it's that connection to one another that brings us joy. And that connection is reflected in the thoughtfulness of a gift. I think, I think for a gift to be joyful, it needs to be thoughtful. It needs to show that somebody paid attention. Like my parents paid attention to the fact that that's all I wanted that year for Christmas. There needs to be thought behind it and intention. We need to feel heard and understood in the gift that is given. It also needs to be appropriate, right? It needs to reflect the time, the need, the relationship between you and the person that's giving the gift. How many of you have ever received clothes for Christmas that were too small? They, that would have worked last year, <laughs> but not this year. Right? It's, not, it's not appropriate. Versus something that fits absolutely perfectly, that's that appropriate moment. And then there must be mutuality in gift giving. That is what reflects that joy. And it is both in the giving and in the receiving. Both are pieces to gifting. And in our faith relies on both joyful giving and receiving. I want to reflect a little bit about that 
um, that that's what we're created for. We're created to give. We're created to receive and created to give. And Hebrews 24, just a little bit before the por- portion that I read, said that we were created for this purpose, the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. We are meant to share. We are meant to love. We are meant to do for others and to serve others. But we know how to do that. We know how to love because God first loved us. So it's because we received that love from God that when, then we were, are able to give that love. But there are challenges to both pieces. There are challenges to giving. There are challenges to receiving. And I'm thinking in particular about this moment in time. There is, there is a challenge in the joy of giving right now. And I've been thinking about that. You know, when I, when I visit with other nonprofits, everyone's struggling to get people to come back and to volunteer and to be engaged and to be present. And I think that maybe that there's a loss of that joy of giving in part because we are all still traumatized and we are all still navigating the trauma of the last couple of years and with that comes some depression and anxiety and we are all working through that. But I think also because we may have felt like we were forced to give for two years. That we were forced to make sacrifices for others. We, we did, it was less of a choice for us and more of a demand or expectation. And that took some of the joy out of it for us. And along those lines, when it comes to giving to church because of things that have happened in the last few years, sometimes it can be challenging to be associated with this entity. There are some challenges to being associated with being Christian right now because Christians, there are some things that we all agree on and then there's a lot of things that we disagree about. But we get related to people that think differently about us and would act differently than we would but still claim Christianity and that's hard. There's a challenge to that association. I call it, you know, in Hebrews it talks about that, you know, facing persecution and holding on to your face in the midst of persecution and who you're being associated with. And I think we're facing that challenge of persecution due to association. But some things that people would, uh, that stand, they stand up for in the name of Christianity, we would not claim that. So it's hard. It's hard to give in that ambiguous space. And then as a pastor, I face the challenge of convincing people that their gifts are good enough and convincing people that we can find a place for those gifts to be given. Now I'll admit, uh, one of the things that came to mind when I was reflecting on this was the song, The Little Drummer Boy, right? Uh, I have no gift to give, I can play my drum. Okay, let's be honest. It's a newborn baby and you're playing a drum. That's, I mean, we sing about how the the animals were all, oh yeah, we kept time. I don't think that's how that really went, right? I I think if that's what happened, like who plays a drum for a newborn baby? We just want the baby to be asleep, right? Um, But the story that is shared there is that Mary received that gift as a gift given out of love. 
Now, I would argue that that's where we figure out the appropriateness of the gift, and we would ask that person to come down to the gathering and play for us there, right? Um, that we find, we find a place for that gift to be given. But I want all of you to know that each one of you is created, gifted. You are all gifted. And God would love to have you bring those gifts and give them. And it is our job as a church to find ways for you to get to express those gifts in a meaningful way. Now the other side of this is there's a challenge to receiving. And part of that challenge is again cultural. Um, we, we come out of a culture that tells us you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And we everybody strikes out on their own and is independent and does all this by themselves. And that's not true. No one goes through life alone, and no one should go through life alone. We all should go through life together. So one of the things that I frequently face is convincing people that they have need. You need to receive. There are times in moments, all of us have moments in our lives when we have need. Need of companionship, need of a shoulder to cry on, need of some soup because we're sick. There are all kinds of needs that we have. And when you don't bring those needs forward, you cut off the gift someone else has to give. If someone has the gift of making a meal for people when they are sick, but no one tells us they're sick, that gift goes ungiven. So it is, it is a great gift for you to give to express a need and to let that be met by someone else. There is a gift to receiving and there is joy in it because of what you allow others to do for Christ and how powerful that is. And that's a way of honoring the greatest gift that was ever given, which was this gift of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he brings to us in our lives. Now, as we read through the letter to the Hebrews, you know, a minute ago I talked about how gift, gift needs to be appropriate and it needs to meet the needs of someone, right? And what was going on, we don't exactly know when the letter to the Hebrews was written, but we can figure that there was one of two things was happening. Either these were Jews who had started following Jesus and were now being barred from the temple, or this letter is written on the other side of when the temple fell. And there, there is this question, how are we supposed to be people of faith if we can't make a sacrifice in the temple? And so the author to the, to the Hebrews is giving them this great gift of understanding that Jesus has stepped in and become this sacrifice, has taken care of that for them, so they don't have to worry about it anymore. And in that moment, for that time, for that people, that was powerful and meaningful, and the greatest gift that they could be given was that understanding, that that sacrifice is done. But for us, so far from removed from temple sacrifice worship, from understanding that that is the proper worship of God, for us it is more powerful for us to lay claim to the gift that Jesus gave us in a life modeled, living for others, serving others, loving others. And then 
when he faced the challenge of death, when violence came for him, he did not respond with violence, but instead responded with peace. And on the other side of that response was the revelation of life abundant. That's the gift we're given, is that understanding that we can live a life in service to others. That when people try to meet us with violence, we do not have to respond in kind. And that no matter what we go through, God will be with us and will carry us through to the other side. That's the gift we are given. That's the story we are shared. That's the meaning that we need in our world. But I also want to remember another gift that was given. We light the pink candle this week. And the pink candle represents Mary. And Mary also gave us a gift. And it wasn't just in her willingness to have this child, which was a great gift in itself. But when they took this child to the temple, they met a couple of prophets there, and one of them was a man named Simeon. And Simeon was so excited to meet his Savior. He recognized him. So excited, and this is what he said to Mary in response. This boy is a sign to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that generates opposition, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your innermost being too. Well, Merry Christmas. Mary gave us this child. Not just in bearing him. But in hearing that prophecy... And not grabbing her child and running for the hills and hiding him away, but loving God enough, loving us enough, and loving her son enough to let him live the purpose he was meant to live, even though it would pierce her innermost being even though it would cost her more than anything she would ever want to pay. She gave that to us. What an incredible gift. And I have to believe that it was given in joy. Because let's remember there's a distinction between happiness and joy. Happiness is surface. Happiness is laughter, a giggle, a momentary time. Joy sustains. Joy centers you in the midst of struggle. Joy holds you in times of loss. Joy lifts you when you feel as low as you can feel. Joy is with you and sustains you and transcends transcends all. It is the greatest gift. And so, let us remember that our faith, this faith 
that is unseen in many ways relies on receiving and giving. We receive this gift of the Christ child born into our lives, this gift of salvation meant for us all. But then we give. We give our lives back to that Christ. And we give our faith to others so that all may know the joy. All may know that generous love. All may know the presence of God. What a joy, my friends. What a joy. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at FUMC Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.